All right, hello and welcome back to another unexciting episode of Hashtag Pistons. I'm Joe, I'm your host, and it's been a little while, uh, so I figure I've explained this a couple of different places a little bit, but um, so the absence of me from not just the podcast, but also writing on Hashtag Basketball and some other things, um, at the end of the season, through another site, I got a press pass to Grand Rapids Drive Games, the Pistons G League affiliate. So that took up a lot of time, and I missed a lot of Pistons games and such, and um, obviously just the nature of it, that took priority over other things, so um, that's one of the reasons I was away, and then the whole Z Cup show thing happened, and that kind of had me, I don't know, like, I'm not going to pretend that I was, like, super traumatized by it, but it was just like, I just decided to take a step back for a little bit, and um, then I was planning on coming back sooner, but then I went and house sat for some for, like, a little over a week, and um, their internet was wanky and wouldn't let me uh, connect to it. So that's why I've been gone. Um, I'm hoping to be back on regular schedule. I've said that several times before though, so maybe I won't. <laughs> um, also just because it's off season, that can mean, you know, if a big move happens, then I'll probably just record one right away. So just for off season, we'll see exactly how it goes, but we're back. Um, the piston season is over. I'm figuring we're going to have plenty of time to talk about the piston season being, you know, the season that happened. So today before the playoffs start, we're going to run through a preview of the entire playoffs. Um, not going to be super in-depth, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to start with the Eastern Conference, then we'll go to the Western Conference. I'm not going to split it up into separate podcasts. It's just going to be one big, long podcast about the whole thing. And then if you, uh, if you obviously, if you want to listen to not all of it, then listen to not all of it, and if you want to split it up and such. And so with each um, conference... So starting with the Eastern Conference, we're going to work our way down seeding. So 1C versus 8C, 2C versus 7C and such. So if you're trying to find a specific playoff matchup, you can sort of time it up like that. So, yeah, without further ado, we're going to hop right into it. In the Eastern Conference, your 1 seed is the Toronto Raptors. 8th seed are the Washington Wizards. That is your first matchup. Um, I'm going to just be upfront about this. The Toronto Raptors are the bandwagon that I'm hopping on for the playoffs. Um, I like them a lot. I like the way they do things. Um, I really, really enjoy Kyle Lowry, like especially Kyle Lowry, and I also enjoy DeMar DeRozan. Um, and there's, I don't know, I just, I kind of, I've liked this Raptors team for the last couple of years, and I'd like to see them have some success. So that'd be, that's, they're the team that I'm, I'm rooting for in the playoffs this year. But I think a lot of people are overstating the chances that the Wizards have in this series, to be honest. Um, there is a certain extent to which I get it, because one of the reasons that they're the eighth seed is because John Wall has missed a lot of games. He's only played, he only played 41 games this year. So, and that, that has a big effect on it. So it's kind of, and now he's back. So in theory, they're actually much better than the eighth seed, but John Wall missed a bunch of games and that caused them to fall back. But here's the thing, okay? And I should be clear up front. I like John Wall. I like John Wall a lot. Um, I've pretty consistently thought that him and Kyle Lowry were the top two point guards in the East, and really only them, to be completely honest. And, uh, like, I've, I've at times thought maybe, and you know, you can argue about it, but maybe he's, like, the best non-LeBron player in the Eastern Conference. That's how highly I think of him. He hasn't been right this year. And, obviously, I'm sure a lot of it is that um, you know, injuries have, you know, even when he's playing, he's not 100%. 
But he has not been himself this season. He's he's only his true shooting percentage is only like fifty one percent, which is really not very good, and also I believe pretty well below. I and mean, he's never been a super efficient scorer, but it's like last year he really took the step up, and everyone was like, okay, he's arrived. They had true shooting percentage of fifty four percent. It's back down to fifty one. It had been fifty one the year before that, but just like that's not great to fall down that far. And then on top of it, his defense has not been the same that it often has been. Um, he's not, look, with just like with a lot of guys of his caliber and who have that heavy load on offense, he's not always totally locked in defensively. But there's when he's locked in, he's, he's an absolutely spectacular defensive player. And he just hasn't been that this year. It's just, I don't know for sure, because basically the point is, John Wall's missing games has not been the only problem. There's a little bit of, um, and it's not as extreme as this, but there's a little bit of Reggie Jackson last year for the Pistons where it's like, yeah, he missed a lot of games, but just as much of a problem is that in the games he's played, he hasn't been himself. Once again, John Wall's not been as bad as Reggie Jackson was last year when he was playing, but it's that same sort of deal. And because of that, it makes me think that people are over are overstating this. Um, another thing that is going to be interesting to watch is that Otto Porter Jr. and Mike Scott are both questionable um, for the start of the series. Porter hurt his hurt his calf. Actually, I think he hurt it against the Pistons, um, however long ago that was. Um, that was a week or two ago. And then uh, Mike Scott had a concussion. And so... They're, they're both uncertain, and those are both important pieces. Otto Porter is a really important piece of their starting lineup and also really good. And Mike Scott's been an important piece off the bench for them. So it's going to be that, – that's going to have a big impact. So I guess in the end, when I look at this series, if John Wall is able to play really, really well and he's full John Wall, then, yeah, this this could be a real series. But unless that happens, I just – this Raptors team is pretty good. Um, the one thing, obviously, that hangs over it is that the Toronto Raptors have not exactly been um, the best playoff team over the past few years over with this group. So the past, what, like five-ish years? Um, I'd have to double-check exactly how long their run of playoff of being good with this group is. But um, so they... So they, they haven't been that, – that, that narrative is a little bit overstated. They haven't been as bad as a lot of people suggest. But the Raptors over the past four or five years, however long it's been, have won more games in the regular season than any other team in the Eastern Conference. And to show for it, their high watermark in the playoffs is losing in six games to the Cavs a few years ago, a couple of years ago, two years ago. And that's not, that's not what you would hope for if you're winning so many regular season games. So they certainly have not overperformed. And that is one thing that has to be hanging over this series a little bit. And for that, I think it would be really good for the Raptors if they just took care of business in four or five games. It would really help their confidence for that, just to sort of get rid of those demons. So in the end, though, I'm, I'm taking the Raptors. I'm taking the Raptors in five or six. Um, the, the thing that could change it would be if it, uh, if it ended up being... That John Wall comes out and he's just awesome. He is full John Wall. He's destroying people on defense. He's playing well on offense. He's hitting shots. If that happens, then the Wizards would have a real chance in this series. 
Um, John Wall and Kyle Lowry are both brilliant players. If John Wall's at his best, I'd say at this point he's probably better. But I don't know that he's going to be at his best. Bradley Beal, not as good as DeMar DeRozan, but over the course of a seven-game series, he's good enough that he can certainly go toe-to-toe, possibly be better. Then beyond that, it's the role players, you know, and I don't know, they're pretty close. The Raptors have a better bench. I would say that the rest of the starting lineup for the Wizards is better. Um, Otto Porter, Markeith Morris, Marching Gortat are probably better than uh, OG Ananobi, um Serge Ibaka, and Jonas Valanciunas. And so it'll be, this is going to be a fun series. As far as 1-8 series go, this is going to be fun, but... A big thing hanging over is, first off, is John Wall going to be full John Wall, or is he going to be the sort of just kind of like, yeah, it's John Wall, but it's not really John Wall, which is what he's been most of the season. And also is Otto Porter and um, and uh, Mike Scott going to be playing. Also for the Raptors, I believe um, Fred Van Vliet messed up his shoulder, which would be a, which would be a bit of a problem. Same with... Um, Pascal Siakam's shoulder got messed up. So those Fred Van Vliet, obviously, is a really important piece for them. But in the end, I'm going to count on that. This Raptors team is different from the past years. They're First off, they are objectively. This is a lot better team than the Raptors teams of the last several years um, by any metric. And then I'm going to just, I'm just going to go for it, you know? I think that the Raptors are going to not have their same problems that they've had over the past few years in the playoffs. And I think they're going to be, they 100% have been the second best team in basketball this year. They have. Um, now, the Warriors are better when they're healthy. I'm not doubting that. But by every measure, they have been that team. They've been clearly the best team in the Eastern Conference. Um, I think that they're gonna, they should be able to take care of business here. So I'm taking the Raptors in five, maybe six games. Um, if John Wall comes out and plays really well and Otto Porter and Mike Scott play most of the series, the Wizards would have a chance. But even then, I'm taking the Raptors, to be honest. So, that is that series. Next series, we've got Boston versus Milwaukee in the two versus seven. Um, this is such a... This is... I don't even know what to say I, as far as a prediction for this series, to be honest. Also, I'm just going to say out front, I did not go through and, like, pre-predict my any of these before doing this. Like, I've got some notes and such on the rosters, but um, to really prep for it, it would have just taken too much time. So... I'm predicting these on the fly, but I, I've thought about this one quite a bit, and it's like, it's so bizarre, because on one hand, the Bucks are actually pretty healthy. I actually think they're, like, totally healthy going into the playoffs, aren't they? They don't have any injuries right now, I don't think. Um, and they're super talented. This team, like everybody says, they probably should be better than they are. The Celtics, on the other hand, are really injured, in particular, in this state, they should not be all that good. On paper, you would if you just look at these the rosters that are going to be available. I mean, so Kyrie Irving's out, Gordon Hayward's obviously out, Marcus Smart is out. Um, so the 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 and Daniel Tice, who's been low key a pretty important piece for them. So the the Celtics are probably going to be starting Al Horford, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Terry Rozier, and probably Aaron Baines, honestly, and, <laughs> like, they shouldn't be able to win, but the Bucks have been so, over the past, really, two, three years, the Bucks have been so consistently, since they, tra- ironically, since they traded away Brandon Knight, 
the Bucks have been so consistently underperforming that it's hard to say, well, the Bucks are super talented, so they should win. Um, that said, also is the fact that the coaching difference. Um, what is the guy's name again? Joe Prunty, who's the interim head coach. I actually, he's done some things that are actually not terrible, but there's, so I won't say too much about him, but there's certainly been nothing about him that I've seen or heard from anybody that would suggest he's anything remarkable as a head coach. Whereas obviously Brad Stevens is an awesome head coach who's, you know, he's awesome. So it's going to be, it's probably going to be a fun and interesting series. And I I don't know who to pick, to be honest. I think I'll probably pick Milwaukee. Um, just because I'm pretty sure they're going to have the best player in the series, and that'll be Giannis Antetokounmpo. And also Chris Middleton is awesome too. I think there's a very good chance they have the best two players in the series. And in the playoffs, that matters. Um, Boston also, for what it's worth, Boston has not exactly had roaring playoff success over the last few years or overperformed in the playoffs. Um, it's a lot easier to overperform by running really good offense, cutting hard, and good coaching in the playoffs in the regular season than it is in the playoffs. That's one of the reasons the Raptors have struggled at times in the playoffs is that they sort of like they really know who they are, they have a strong identity, um, they've got a really good bench, and that can win you a lot of regular season games. But then the playoffs come around and suddenly it's like, oh, they have LeBron James, who's the best player in the series, and we're screwed. That's how it goes a lot of the time. So I'm going to pick the Bucks in seven in this series. But honestly, I would not be shocked if the Celtics just took care of them just because the Bucks have been, once again, for the second straight season, they've been really a kind of a, a confounding team because you look at them and you think, these guys should be better than this, and they're just not. So I think the Celtics are certainly going to put up a fight. Um, if one team is going to be swept, I would actually think that it's more likely that the that the, the Bucks get swept or lose in five games. If the Bucks win, it's going to be a long series, I think. So that's it. That's probably the one that I feel the least confident about, though. Um, next, the 3-6 three, the three, series in the East, the Miami Heat versus the Philadelphia 76ers. Um, the big thing is... Joel Embiid is not going to be back for game one, or not expected to be. Um, the question is, is he going to be back at all in the series? Um, also, there's some question about around J.J. Redick being available. I think he probably will. But um, regardless, the if Joel Embiid doesn't play at all, now, the Sixers have been doing awesome without him lately. Um, ben Simmons has reached another level. He's been incredible. Uh, but it just, I'm not sure how I feel about them in the playoffs without Joel Embiid. Uh, still a lot of youth. You're relying on a lot of guys who have not done a lot in the playoffs before. Whereas the Heat, they've got a lot of experience. They've got a lot of really good players. Um as long as Joel Embiid ends up playing some, I'm still taking the Sixers in maybe six, five games. Um, but the Heat definitely will make a series of this. They're too well coached. Uh, Goran Dragic is the real deal. Um, the problem with the Heat, this Heat team, is that I just... Goran Dragic is awesome. I'm not... Like, seriously, that guy is as legit as they come. He's a really, really good player. But they just... They don't have the same talent level. And just like I said before, uh, in the end, 
in the playoffs, talent and your starting lineup matter more. That's just the reality. And so I think I'm definitely taking the Sixers in this series, especially if Joel Embiid plays most of it. If Joel Embiid, for whatever reason, is not able to come back on time, let's say he misses the whole series, I would say that would open up the door for the Heat a bit. Um, but given the way that the Sixers finish the season without Joel Embiid, I think that they'll probably still be able to win this. They won't go much further than that if Joel Embiid doesn't come back, but I'd say they can probably take this series. I, I'll be honest, other than Goran Dragic, I actually do not think that highly of the Miami Heat. Just to be completely honest about the situation. Um, so then, last but not least, Cleveland versus Indiana. Um, honestly, it's too bad for the Pacers because they really, first off, I got to give a mea culpa. I thought the Pacers were going to be awesome. I, I thought the Pacers were going to be terrible. Sorry, I did not think they were going to be awesome. I thought they were going to be terrible, like bona fidely terrible. I've never thought highly of Victor Oladipo, and they've been awesome all year. Um, I'm super jealous of Pacers fans for that. Um, just a super fun season. I it literally, really, it is. It's just like this is just one of those seasons that, even though they're they're not real contenders, you, their fans are gonna look back and be like, that was a year that was just super fun because it is. They've been a fun team all season, and so as an apology to the Pacers, I thought they were gonna be terrible. I thought they were gonna be boring. I thought they were gonna just in every way you could imagine that they were going to just be miserable, and they've been the opposite all season. The problem is. They're going against the Cavs in the first round. And, you know, I'm not sure what to say about the Cavs heading into the playoffs because on one hand, a lot of the numbers actually suggest that this Cavs team is not that good. But on the other hand, they missed Kevin Love for a long time. With Kevin Love back in the lineup, they're a much better team. And then on top of that, of course, is LeBron James. Playoff LeBron sort of, looms over the entire Eastern Conference. Because on paper, this Cavs team is not really a contender. But the simple fact of that um, LeBron James, we know what he does in the playoffs. He reaches another gear, and also so have his teams. And, you know, that's the thing that happens when you go to seven straight finals, is that people just go, he could be the eighth seed, and it'd be like, I'm still probably going to pick LeBron. And that's how it is. So, in the end, though, I think, especially with Kevin Love back, the Cavs are a superior team. Um, playoff LeBron going to be around. So, it really is. I hope that the sick, that the, I wish that the Pacers had not gotten them, had not gotten the Cavs. Like, I wish that they'd gotten, like, I don't know, the Sixers or something and maybe beaten them. That would have been awesome. But I think that they just, they don't really have a chance. Um, and it's also nice to see that some things never change. The Pacers are still losing to LeBron in the playoffs. Um, so I'm, I'm taking the Cavs in four or five games. Um, LeBron James-led teams have taken care of business in the first round. It's just, that's just the way it is. And that doesn't make this season any less awesome for the Pacers. But I just, I struggle to see it, man. But then again, I struggle. Here's the thing that you have to say. I didn't see this team as being any good all season or before the season. It took quite a while before I was willing to admit, okay, these guys are actually good. They're not just, you know, Victor Oladipo isn't just having a hot streak. He's actually that level of good. And so 
it would be something if like they were, they just continued to prove the doubters wrong and they won and they won this series. But I just I don't see it. So maybe I'll be wrong. I was wrong about them before the year. I could not have been more wrong about them before the season. But I still just look at it and I just don't see it. So um, this Pacers team is a good group. I'm going to be interested to see where they go from here after this season, to be honest, because they were not supposed, even with internally, I'm sure, they were not supposed to be this good. So it'll be really fascinating to see what sort of moves they make this offseason. Um, and this is a great season for them, but I just I don't see it. So that's the Eastern Conference. So to the Western Conference, we got, first off, Houston versus Minnesota. Um I am well on the record. I do not think very much of the Minnesota Timberwolves. Jimmy Butler is awesome. I don't think a whole lot of Carl Anthony Towns, which has upset a lot of people, but the man doesn't really do the defense thing so good. Um, I I actually like Andrew Wiggins. I think he's going to become a player, but he's struggled with this team, especially this season. Um, and... Uh, like, Jeff Teague, meh. Jamal Crawford still plays 20 minutes a game on this team. Just, I do not think very highly of the Timberwolves. Mostly, I think really, really highly of Jimmy Butler. That's the only reason I had any belief in this team before the season. I actually picked them to miss the playoffs. Um, so, admittedly, I was rooting for them to lose to Denver because of the fact that I wanted my prediction to be right. But, on the flip side, the Rockets are awesome. Um, the only thing... That could give you some pauses that um, much, not what's worth, much like with the Raptors, the whole narrative of James Harden isn't that good in the playoffs is overstated. Um, but he has certainly not like raised his game to another level in the playoffs with consistency. So there's that. And then also Mike D'Antoni coach teams have not exactly torn up the playoffs in the past. So it's possible that maybe the Rockets will blow it. Jimmy Butler will come out and just play out of his mind. But the main thing here is that this Wolves team doesn't really defend. And <laughs> and they just don't. They're a bad defensive team. And the Rockets are just, I think the Rockets are going to just shred them. Just completely and absolutely shred them. So that's probably what's going to end up happening, I think. I'm taking the Rockets for maybe, I'll take it in five games. Um, the Timberwolves will probably get one game where the Rockets don't shoot very well from three, and um, they win a close game with, you know, either Butler or Towns hitting a bunch of tough shots down the stretch, that sort of thing. Um, but I think the Rockets are going to take care of business here, and uh, I think that it's not going to be particularly close. Next up, 2 versus 7 Golden State versus the San Antonio Spurs. Um, one thing worth noting here, there was, and I fell victim to it, um, someone tweeted out the tweet that Kawhi Leonard was going to be playing in game one against the Warriors. That is actually from last year before when, because he, he got, I don't know exactly, what, remember what exactly what happened, but in the first round he got banged up a little bit. And so that is not happening, at least as of now. Um, so if he comes back, that would change things, but even without Steph Curry, I just, I don't see it. Um, and, yeah, so even without even without Steph Curry, I mean, the Spurs, it's honestly, it's pretty remarkable. They ended up winning 47 games without their best, by far their best player. Um, more people should be talking about the fact that LaMarcus Aldridge just had an absolutely incredible season. Um, 
the Spurs are obviously never going to be out coached, but I mean, the Warriors. I think the Warriors, even without Steph Curry, just too good. Um, Kevin Grant is too good. Clay Thompson is awesome. Draymond Green's a, a really you know, and he's a great defender. Um, I think that this Warriors team, especially without Co- Steph Curry, they are going to be they are vulnerable. Um, I could see the Spurs taking a game or two, but unless Kawhi Leonard comes back and plays like really plays, I just I don't see it. Now, if Kawhi Leonard were to decide screw it, I'm going to play, this series suddenly becomes super interesting. But unless that happens, I just don't see it. Um, I'd take the Warriors, and I'll give the Spurs a game just out of respect for the fact that they're the Spurs. But I'd take it in five games to the Warriors. Now, once again, worth mentioning. If Steph Curry does not come back, or at least or come back at a hundred percent, the Warriors are going to be vulnerable going forward. I actually think that, but that's another thing. All right next, the New Orleans Pelicans versus the Portland Trailblazers. The Trailblazers surprise team a little bit. Um, a lot of people are like, "Well, they have to trade McCollum or Lillard or whatever. You can't build a really good team out of that." And here they are, third in the conference. Um, C.J. McCollum is not, like, he's not as good as Damian Lillard, but he's very good. Damian Lillard, legitimately an MVP candidate this year. Obviously, I, James Harden is MVP. It's him or LeBron. If you voted for anyone else, you're wrong. But, I mean, like, maybe third, fourth, or fifth, Damian Lillard should be there. He's been spectacular all season long. Um, Yusuf Nurkic gives them a good inside presence. Uh, this is a really good team that's ended up being... And they just kind of have have had it worked out. In the end, what this comes down to would be if Anthony Davis goes out and just balls out to a major level, um, the Pelicans could win. Uh, He's been described by some people as the highest variant superstar in the league, and I think that's true. His highs are absurdly high, but he also has nights where he's kind of just there. So if, let's say, he locks in and he's on those highs the entire series... The Pelicans can be anybody, honestly. Um, So for that, I would give the Pelicans some shot in this series. But barring that, um, they shouldn't be able to really be able to keep up with the Portland Trailblazers. Um, The only thing with the Trailblazers is that there's a certain extent to which um, whenever a team seems to overperform, and things that are not necessarily what you would think they would be good at, they're good at. So, like, this is actually a pretty decent defensive group, I think. I should double-check that. But I'm pretty sure this is actually a pretty decent... I'm going to double-check this. I'm going to look it up right now. The port, Yeah, they're, they're the ninth-ranked defensive efficiency in the NBA this season. Um, eighth, actually. Well, tied for eighth with Golden State. So this is a pretty good defensive team. And you look at the roster and you go, this shouldn't be that good of a defensive team. And it just kind of gives you a little bit of pause about that sort of thing and some doubt to it that maybe the Blazers are not quite as good as they look by some of the numbers. Um, and so and I'd give the Pelicans some chance just because Anthony Davis is Anthony Davis. But in the end, I'm still taking the Trailblazers in probably six games because Davis will have Davis should be able to win the Pelicans at least two games. Um, the only thing that would should worry Pelicans fans is that what if Anthony Davis has his awesome game on the same nights where Damian Lillard has his incredible games? Because guess what? 
Damian Lillard is probably going to single-handedly win the Trailblazers a couple games just on his own, too. So, I'm, I'm taking the Trailblazers in six games there. And then, lastly, in the Eastern Conference, we've got OKC versus Utah. This is a fun series, an interesting series to look at. Um, and I also think that the Thunder are going to win handily. The games will be close, but I think the Thunder are actually going to win in four or five games. Um, I'm, I'm going down with the ship with the Thunder. Uh, I, th- I thought they were going to be much better than they ended up being this season. Um, largely based on the fact that I still believed in Carmelo Anthony, and I still do. I'm, I'm going down with that ship. Um, I've gone this far. I'm not going to jump off it yet. I think Melo can turn it on at least a little bit yet. But the main thing is Russell Westbrook and Paul George are awesome. Paul George has been a terror in the playoffs for the last, what, five or six years. Like, he has that extra gear. I think Melo can get a little bit of an extra gear. Russell Westbrook has an extra gear. Um, And I look at this Jazz team, and I think, you know, once again, team kind of overperformed. And I I just, I look at the rosters, and I, I just think Oklahoma City is going to take care of business. They're going to be close games, but I think OKC is going to win in five games. And that's one that I'm most willing to accept that could end up being completely wrong. Um, but I just look at this, I just look at these teams, I think, okay, so once again, we talked about it earlier. Um, in the playoffs, things like depth, and just sort of knowing who you are matter less because, and, you know, being able to consistently play hard. So, like, that's one of the things that the Jazz thrive on. They grind it out. They play hard every single night. In the regular season, that helps you a lot. In the playoffs, everyone's playing hard. Guys typically stop complaining about, well, I'm not getting enough shots. Like, that sort of stuff tends to go away in the playoffs, and it's a lot more about how much talent do you have. I think that this OKC team has pretty overwhelming talent, I would not want to play them in the playoffs at all. And so I would go with OKC over the Utah Jazz in five games. So, yeah, that's that. Um, that is all the playoff series. We're at 30 minutes almost exactly, so we tied it up pretty well. Um, as far as any general thoughts on the end of the Piston season, um, I said this in an article that I put up, which went up, I think, yesterday, that I would just assume my preference would be to keep Stan Van Gundy for another season um, for various reasons. I just think that he's shown enough. He's not perfect, but I think he's still good, mostly. And I look at the other options, and I'm not sure that any of them are great. Um, The only option that I would really pretty much be behind would be Jerry Stackhouse. And even he, I think some people are... It's funny because people go, oh, well, Jerry Stackhouse played for the Pistons, so we want him. Jerry Stackhouse is wrapped... Now, once again, I'm not saying that Jerry Stackhouse is not going to be a successful NBA coach, but what are the main complaints people have about Stan Van Gundy's coaching? Doesn't coach um, shot selection enough, so they don't take that many threes. Focuses too much on defense. Plays too slow. Okay, sort of old-fashioned, right? Um, Jerry Stackhouse's Raptors 905 teams don't take a lot of threes. They play literally at the slowest place in the G League. They're a defensive juggernaut. That's what makes them good. So I'm just saying, if you don't like Stan Van Gundy's coaching methods, I maybe Jerry Stackhouse is that good of a coach that's just like any team he gets. Like if he showed up to the Pistons, they're going to become an awesome defensive team. Okay, I actually think that there's a decent chance that that's true. 
But the main complaints that a lot of people have about Stan Van Gundy, that's the style that Jerry Stackhouse coaches. It just is. So um, just care for what you wish for sometimes, people. That's all I have. That's all I'll say. So I would just assume keep Stan Van Gundy another year. Let him try it with a full roster, with a roster that's healthy. Um, and, you know, disappointing season, but there is still some good to take away from it. Uh, and there's definitely more hope going into next season than a lot of people make it out to be. So, yeah, that's going to be it for this. Um, I think over the coming um, weeks, so over the playoffs, I'm going to try and uh, I've got to get at least one or two podcasts in where we go really in-depth over the piston season. We won't focus at all on the playoffs, but we'll also talk plenty about the playoffs over the coming um, weeks as they're going on. So that's what's going to be looking forward to. And then once the playoffs are done, then it'll be time to get right into the draft and all other sorts of off-season stuff. So that's that. Hope everybody enjoyed this, and um, uh, I'm glad to be back back at it. And, uh, yeah, go Pistons, and stay beautiful, everybody.